Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy wherever they get their podcasts. The FIA World Endurance Championship on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. We've had free practice one. I'm still practicing my in cues, but we will get there in time for tomorrow's race, which is 10 hours worth. And the first time we will have ever done that, in fact, in the FIA World Endurance Championship. It's another race that goes into the night time from 11 a.m. until 9 p.m. So a significant chunk of the Qatar um, day to to factor in, I suppose. But it's certainly going to be warm before we start. It'll be fairly warm by the time we finished as well. And this may well tell us quite a bit more, John Hindhoff, than we've uh, been given so far. Yes, I've had two days of prologue testing. In fact, four sessions in total. And now a total of four hours of free practising, but there are certain teams that aren't quite giving the game away just yet, and I just wonder whether we will see that over the next hour or so. I I do believe that there's a, a good reason to do the best you can in these qualifying sessions, and don't forget, dear listener, as well as uh, you, JP, is that we have two sets of qualifying here. For the first time in a quote-unquote standard FIA World Endurance Championship event, i.e. not Le Mans. We have qualifying and then we will have Hyperpole after that, Hyperpole, for the top qualifiers. So the first short piece of 12 minutes, just a dozen minutes of qualifying uh, will be for the GT LMGT3s uh, and then the prototypes will come out just two categories of cars, of course, uh, this year. The uh, we're all on time. Um, there was a bit of a delay in the previous track action. I'm just looking actually that the track temperature has gone up but barely uh, since we were last on track. It was 33.4 Celsius when we had the checkered flag. It is now 33.7. So that last session, Johnny, will have been really useful for the teams. One or two people fighting issues. The number 77 Ford did uh, barely any laps at all. And you'd mentioned about the consternation in that garage that you'd been watching. Well, they're (laughs) so hot that you're going to hate it when I say this. They are hunting down an electrical problem. Oh, it's the worst thing you can ever tell a a, a mechanic or a a driver or anybody involved with, well, not just a race car, but any car. So that one was being worked on feverishly uh, up until a few minutes ago when I got back into the... Uh, in back into the media centre here, the GTs are getting, uh, GT3s are getting rolled out onto the apron now in bright sunshine. So, so far, so good. We're not expecting to have to use any rain tyres, uh, but they now do go into their allocation of tyres for qualifying and the race. The FP qualifying tyre uh, allocation is done and done uh, if you get into Ipapol you get an extra set of tyres and it will be on the harder 
uh, of the two compounds for the LMHs. Goodyear, welcome to the FAWAC. This is their first qualifying session. So that's something else that the GT teams have had to get used to. New cars and new tyres as well as this new uh, format uh, for qualifying. The bright red BMW sitting on the uh, apron at the moment is the uh, number 31 car. And uh, that looks particularly splendid in those colours in the sunshine. But there's not much time for anybody to do anything other than get out there and set some lap times, Johnny. That's true. Um, the driver's already been selected. They won't change driver throughout the course of the session. You're not allowed to, crucially, or certainly not in LMGT3. And then when the 12 minutes are done, plus the any extra that you might have squeezed out of the session by crossing the line before the chequered flag, uh, you'll get that sole remaining lap to finish your time and then it'll be round into the pit lane as quickly and safely as possible and those cars that are finished in the top 10 and obviously will be concentrating on what we call the bubble between 8th, 9th, 10th and then 11th, 12th, 13th round about that sort of figure because it'll be so crucial to sneak into the top 10 in the closing stages but if you do make it then as you say you get a new set of either Goodyear or Michelin tyres at your disposal. But then it's a question of how hard you push. I mean, you'll be given 10 minutes. You might actually need, only need three, four or five of those minutes because the, the very best of the tyre may well ebb away and there's no chance to switch again during hyperpole. For the GT3s, it's medium, medium plus and wet. Um, we, I know that sounds odd. Um, but if, uh, it's worth pointing that out, though, because in GTE of old, there used to be an intermediate tyre, and correct. you don't have that in GT3 these days. No. There's only one wet tyre that we're very unlikely to be using this weekend. But yes, two um, governed um, types of tyre for the dry setting, and that is dictated by the tyre manufacturer. So it's medium and medium plus, you say. Yes, and looking at the D-Station car... Uh, Ooh, let me see. What have they got on the side? I, I don't. They haven't got exactly the same markings. It's uh, it's yellow and red again, but they didn't seem to have them on the side of that D station car. They looked like they had green uh, on them. Top ten cars uh, go through. Uh, oh, B. It's interesting. The number eighty-eight doesn't have uh, the very, uh, very, uh, very. Um, Visually stunning uh, Proton Mustang, the number 88 in black and gold, doesn't have any ties on at all at the moment. It's just sitting up there. Countdown to the green uh, light going on at the end of pit lane. One thing I will say, JP, expect to see uh, warnings, uh, no warnings rather, track limits will disqualify the lap immediately in this session and in Hyperpole. It's the Akodis Lexus team who are at the end of the pit lane in their red, white and black RCFs getting ready to head out onto the track straight away. Uh, Manti and the Bend car in, in that's another striking li livery, yellow and black with uh, the, the Bend logo on the Bend being the Bend Motorsport Park in Australia and there is the green light and the Akodis cars then lead them out. It's Arnaud Robert 
uh, in the number 78 and Takeshi Kimura in the 87. Team WRT have Darren Lung and Ahmed Al Hati in respectively the 31 and 46. Ian James takes out the Hartner Racing team. I'd say keep an eye on Ian. I think he's got a half a chance of being right at the sharp end. More than that, James Cottingham for United Autosports takes out the number 59. Uh, get back on the horse that kicked him. He had a little whoopsie earlier on this morning. TF Sports number 81 Corvette uh, is in the hands of Tom Van Rompuy with Hiroshi uh, Kuzumi uh, behind the 82 card. Sarah Bovey, no, su no su surprises there, behind the wheel of the Lamborghini Huracan. Uh, LMGT3 Evo for Iron Dames, the 85 car. Who have we not talked about? Giorgio Roder in the Proton number 88 Mustang. Josh Cagill for the 95 McLaren LMGT3 Evo. And that was Clement Mathieu going out in the D Station 777. So waiting for the two Porsches to go out and the 77 problematical. Uh, Mustang uh, as well. So there's only three cars that have not gone out. Oh, Claudia Schiavone, by the way, for uh, Iron Links in the 77 car. Is that everybody who... I think we've mentioned everybody there. Uh, Francois Errol for Vista number 55 and Thomas Floor for Vista AF Corsa Ferrari number 54. So they are off and running. The Engine notes disappearing onto the far side of this 16-corner uh, circuit. And, well, really, you, you're only going to get a couple... Of, you, you get a couple of prep laps and then possibly three fast laps, Johnny, and I reckon that'll be it. Yeah, it's going to really disappear very quickly indeed. This is a 5.4-kilometre circuit, so uh, reasonably long and... Yeah, it, it, certainly you, you want to utilise that outlap as much as possible by trying to, to warm the tyres, although the asphalt will be pretty hot anyway, so that will help you along the way. And it's questionable as to how much performance you mm. want to take out of these tyres. These tyres will have to be used in the race, crucially, as well. So yep. uh, not like the Hyperpole uh, tyres that are exclusively for that 10-minute session. So, again... You know, do you do you cut the performance that you're potentially going to lose in the race to get into hyperpole? But then these tyres are going to be not exactly second-hand because they are built for a stint. Um, and there's no actual qualifying tyre as such. As we've said, it's the same compound that you run during the race. Uh, and I just wonder how many of these teams uh, have done a qualifying sim. Mm. On the on the Goodyear tyres, and therefore know exactly how to to prep them. Arnold Robert in the seventy three Acodus ASP team there with the first two cars out. Uh, sort of lap times that we are looking for. I would suspect. Um, what did we have this morning? We had fifty fours and fifty threes, didn't we? So I'd expect somewhere around that. Um, where is the cut-off going to be? Well, that's a very good question because they were very tight uh, this morning in the session. I, I I would think you'd need probably a low 54 and maybe a high 53 to get uh, through into the... Uh, get into the shootout, as it were. 
TF Sports number 81 Corvette coming down to the final corner and turning in right-handed onto the start-finish line and all the way to the left-hand side of the track got one of the McLarens right in behind so let's see what Tom Van Rompuy clocks uh, two or four so there you go that's a prep lap and, and that tells you straight away JP uh, just how um, how carefully they are building temperature in these Goodyear tyres whilst the two Vista AF Corsa cars are lying astern on the far side of the circuit now coming to the final corner so is this another you and I have both done enough support races in British Touring Car Championships uh, to know that no tall equals no front row these guys are working together as they come across the line they appear to be don't they yeah absolutely nose to tail Francois Herriot is fastest so far then he drives the number 55 Vista AF Corsa car. Now, I didn't catch a glimpse enough there to see whether Francois Arreo was the second of those Ferraris, but he oh, may well point. have been. And uh, what will happen there, if that was the case, is that Thomas Floor will get a chance to be in the Frenchman's draft next time around. But uh, you're going to have to be quite coordinated into where you work out where to do the switch and to put one car ahead of the other, because that could be disastrous if it goes wrong. Arnold Robin in the Lexus separates the two Vista AF Corsa 296s. Then Robin in the Acodis ASP Lexus. And a Porsche goes second in the early stages. So that's Alexander Malikin in the uh, Manti Pure Xing Porsche 911 GT3, number 92, slotting into second position, just a second back. These are all banker times, I would wager, just to make sure that you're inside mm. the track limits and you're setting a good time before anything disastrous happens, you know, early on in the session. <laughs> not, not trying to suggest that there might be, but so often before we've seen in any sort of qualifying uh, a stoppage. And yes, the clock stops, but you've still got to get the car back out yeah. again. So it's always good to set an early time, John. Johnny, we're under six minutes. We've exactly. done half the session already. <laughs> uh, Tom Van Rumpoy goes to the top of the timings with a 156.9. I don't think that's going to be quick enough. I really don't. Uh, and Harter Racing a second with James, Ian James, Josh Kirkhill for the number 95 United McLaren. Then James Cottingham for the team car, the 59, the reverse number. Then Giorgio Roder for Proton. Two Proton Porsches came out late, so they've got a, a, a lap or two fewer on their Goodyear tyres, and they're working a slightly different part of their run uh, plan at the moment. Uh, right now, that target to get into Hyperpole is a 58.6. I cannot believe it will stay at that point. Um, so we need to be looking down towards the bubble here uh, and to see who of the big names, and there's some very big names who aren't in there, including WRT, Manti's uh, car with Yasser Shaheen behind the wheel. Uh, both WRTs outside qualifying at the moment, and Takeshi Kimura for Akodis, and Ian Dames and Sarah Bovey. So they are working their programme, working these Goodyear tyres, Johnny, but they can't leave this too late with four and a half minutes to go. Yeah, just uh, working out from the sessions we've had already, what we're likely to see from the, the, the from bronze drivers on average. And certainly it's uh, possible to go a smidge quicker than this. As That's exactly what Alexander Malikin has just done in the number 92, the all-white 
Porsche from Manti because he's chiselled it down to, well, a further eight thousandths of a second. So 155.611 now from Malakin. From Clement Matter in the D-Station racing Aston Martin. Treble 7, having done a 155.6. Tom Van Rompuy's early effort, the 155.6, is not bettered that time through by the Belgians. So the TF Sport Corvette still third, but that wasn't an improvement and time is running out. And I'm very surprised to say we haven't lost any laps yet. At least I haven't seen that on the uh, race control channel, which you can follow along with as well. So it's a Porsche from Aston Martin, from Corvette, from Ferrari, from McLaren, from Lamborghini. I haven't repeated myself yet in that top six, but it's round the bottom of the top ten where things are getting very tight, Johnny Palmer. One lap was deleted early on. It was on the second lap for the second of the Acodis Lexus, in fact. So that was a track limits problem just after four minutes past the hour. But otherwise, as you say, everybody else has been so well behaved. And the 92 Manti Porsche is still quickest by eight thousandths of a second. So it's Malikin, Matter, Van Rompuy for Porsche, Aston Martin and Corvette. Thomas Fleur in the best the Vista AF course at Ferraris is in fourth position. And Clement Matter improves again through the first sector. So he not, might not be done yet. Obviously wanting to find only nine Nine thousandths of a second he needs to try and find to nip this pole position away from Manti Pure Racing. Johnny Palmer and John Hindoff with the call here. And we are down into the money laps now with probably this one and one more for everybody who's out there. Down to a couple of minutes on the clock. Who's coming to the line? Yasser Shaheen stops the clock I was a bit previous there sorry uh, with a 56.9 and that's not good enough to get him uh, into the hyperpole uh, Giorgio Roder his teammate is on the bubble in 10th place uh, Yasser in now 11th TF Sport one of the uh, one of the TF Sport cars outside there uh, both of the WRT BMWs into the 10 goes. Who was that? Was that Francois Ariot uh, uh, who, who went in? But into the pits, saw no more laps from Tom Van Rumpel. He believes that his time is good enough. And I think he's probably right sitting in third at the moment. But it's, uh, it's a very nervous few minutes here. Johnny, for those guys around the bottom half of the top ten and indeed beyond that to try and fight their way into Super Bowl. Uh, Hyperpole, excuse me. Yeah, so Hiroshi Koizumi right on the cusp. He's not into the top ten at the moment. Last time through, Ian James did improve a 155.671 in the heart of racing team Aston. So he's got that car up to fifth position. We've got one pit stopper, Tom Van Rompuy and those at TF Sport Field. They've done enough in their the best of their Corvette Z0 sixes but we're still waiting for the second of those number 82 to sneak into the top 10 and uh, those at risk include Giorgio Roder in the black and gold proton competition Ford Mustang the Vista AF Corsa Ferrari of Francois Herriot who set the pace early on and Josh Cagill in the McLaren from United Order Sports number 95 they are 10th 9th and 8th respectively and could be set to fall away it's actually Ian James who's likely to improve next, though, because he's just gone purple and green through sectors one and two. 
Checkered flag being readied. Four seconds to go. Yasser Shaheen goes through. He'll get one more lap. Proton number 88 at risk at the moment. That's the 10th place car. And that is Giorgio Roda in the Ford. Checkered flag waving. And three cars have gone through, two of which will not improve. Wait for Koizumi. Waiting for Hiroshi, Hiroshi Koizumi, who's gone green through the first two sectors. So looking at... Yeah, he's gone 10th. Koizumi oh. bags 10th position and punts Giorgio Roda out of Hyperpole as Ian James goes pole. Now, that's really academic, I suppose, because it won't count towards your starting position. But is that an indication of how good mm. Ian James could be? Because he's blitzed the Malakin time by over 0.3 of a second, John. And that in the context of what we've seen in the last week of, of prologue and the free practice sessions, JP, that's a big gap, nearly four tenths of a second. Uh, point, uh, point zero, zero 0.008 between Manikin and Clement Mathieu in second and third position. Uh, who's that just going through? That's another finish. Ahmed Oharty. It's Francois Hero. Yeah. And Ahmed Elharty goes eighth. Francois Elio goes tenth. So Hiroshi yeah. Koizumi, all of a sudden, he was in, and now he's out again because Ahmed Elharty's gone from 17th all the way up to eighth position. Claudia Schiavone in the number 60 car improves, but that's not good enough to get him into the top 10. So the big story, really, for Hiroshi Koizumi, he's going to feel like he's been in a bit of a washing machine once he gets out and assesses this session because he was on the cusp. He got in there, but he only got in there for about half a lap because he's back down again. And Yasha Shaheen could yet have a say, too. The number 91 Porsche is about to cross the line, and he, does, think... uh, he proves a spot, but it's only to 13th. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think he'd already seen the checkered flag. Actually, um, I think he might have gone through twice there. It wasn't showing oh. on my chart that he'd seen the checkered flag. Okay, fifty-six six five zero. Oh no. Okay, I, I, I'll I'll buy that for a dollar. Okay. Yeah, so he's not going to uh, be in trouble for that. He gave it a good go. So here's the storylines then, uh, Johnny, and it's about who's not going to be in hypercar uh, hypercar hyperpole um, we've got the 77 Mustang didn't come out still chasing those electrical issues uh, Iron Links and their Lamborghini number 60 not in neither of the Lexus RCF GT3s in 78-87 one of the WRT BMWs not in the red and white number 31 uh, Yasser Shaheen in the Manti EMA 91 Porsche, not in. The second of the Proton cars, the Mustang, not in. And the Corvette Z06 of TF Corsa, in, out, and then shaken all about, as Johnny alluded to. And that 82 car's not in. So we will see Vista EF Corsa number 55. We will see United Autosports, McLaren number 95. We'll see WRT's 46 BMW. Iron Dame, Sarah Borvey in seventh position. Got that lap in and got her into the mix. United Autosports, sixth position for James Cottingham after his spin earlier on today. The 59 car, good comeback from James. Thomas Floor for Vista AF Corsa. Also in in the Ferrari number 54. TF Sports, Tom von Rompuy 
in the Corvette GT3R will be going again. And the top two, Clement, Mathieu and the D-Station 777 and the Pure Racing, uh, Pure RXing, uh, Alexander Malikin. Uh, in second and in the t at the top J Ian James I, I, I thought Ian might be I said it, I thought he might be in you the did. mix you did um, and he's clearly enjoying life with that new Aston Martin Vantage AMR question will be can he do it again he peeled off early as did Tom Van Rompuy uh, they felt they'd done enough early in that session they'll get another goal with another set of brand new Goodyear tyres but before that we need to find out how many, or who rather, of the uh, prototype cars are going to miss out on qualifying. And in days gone by, we probably wouldn't have been losing that many. That's not the case now, Mr. Barber. No, it's not. And we're going to lose just under half, half the hypercar field here at the end of a 12-minute session. One more than we James, lost in LMGT3. Are you uh, whereabouts? Were you thinking you're going to be out or qualified? Uh, yeah, it was always going to be a bit of a discovery after this session uh, to see where we really, really sit. Because obviously over the weekend you don't know who's running you, and, but they have traffic and things like that. So uh, no, look, I'm really pleased that you know to get through to Hyperpole, which will be my first time doing a Hyperpole, so I'm quite excited about that. I uh, just want to quickly get my thoughts together and work out how I can try and at least bridge the gap a little bit towards the, the front of the grid. But uh, we're, we're close, and it's a a good place to be so far, so really happy. Looking forward to the race. Can you think you can squeeze a little bit more for the hyperpole? Yeah, I reckon there's a bit left in the tank for sure. It's just about stringing a lap together here. It's a really tricky, tricky, complex circuit to, to sort of piece together a mega one lap. So, uh, so yeah, I think I can. It's just all about doing that. Okay, fingers crossed for you. Thank you. Thank you very it's much. James Cottingham from the McLaren run by United Order Sports. It was James who had the off. Uh, during free practice three so he had to kind of eject that all from his mind but still be able to push and he says there's still a little bit more to find as well but it's about linking all three and there's near perfect three se sectors together in one lap that's always the, the chase for a racing driver to try and uh, to try and do that and especially in um, such a compressed time period of 10 minutes less than that once you've done your out lap it's looking like hard tyres for the majority of the field here, John. So, and, and that's the prescribed has to be. tyre for... Has to be. Yeah. Yeah, you said that for Hyperpole. I wasn't necessarily sure that was for qualifying, but oh, I suppose no, it does too. That, that, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Um, I, I need to go back uh, for that. Um, I mean, it's a sensible thing, considering you've Cadillac got to use... Radio? His, yeah. Uh, Yes, there's about 10 uh, track limits, uh, turn 15 mostly, 14, 13, 12, turn 2. I think the hard tyres are a sensible option considering these tyres will need to be used during the race as well. So, uh, again, it's the blend between performance, speed and durability. Um, but maybe it is mandated, in fact, that decision taking out of the team's hands. It certainly is when you get a, a new... One well, of the mediums are on the, one of the 963 Porsches, I noticed. The number six car from yep. Penske are That's choosing to use mediums for the qualifying bit of qualifying, if you know what I mean, because the second bit's called Hyperpole. Yes, when they do have to have it. So there you go. That We've answered our own question um, uh, in terms of uh, who is using what, what you can 
use. Uh, it's the same format, isn't it? Uh, we mm. get the top ten out, uh, and or top ten go through rather, which means, as Johnny rightly says, the green lights go off at the end of pit lane. Uh, that we're going to lose half the field here, which I mean, it's brilliant in terms of the fact we have that many cars. I'll quickly give you uh, news of who's taking what out. Callum Islet's taking out the number seven Hertz team. Jordan Porto, it's Jensen Button in the second car, the 938. Antonio Fuoco for Ferrari F course number 59. Antonio Giovanazzi for the 51. Danny Kvyat for the line Lamborghini, the Iron Link 63 car. Alex Lynn, we knew that from this morning, uh, with the Cadillac. Nick De Vries and Brendan Hartley for the 7 and 8. Toyota Gazoo Racing GR 410s. Matt Campbell for Porsche. Penske Motorsport number 5. Uh, Jean-Carl Vernet for Isota Fraschini. Uh, that's the number 11 car. No sign of Kevin Estra coming out, but surely it will be Kevin Estra in the number 6 car. If a year for AF Courses 83 car, it's Jean-Eric Verne and Stoffel Vandoorne for the 93 and 94 Peugeots. And Julian Andler for the 99 Porsche 963. Still to be seen... Uh, Aldrich Van Tors just gone out in the BMW number 15 and the number 20 is Sheldon von der Linde so only the fastest car this week yet to go out on the track Johnny well that's because they've got so much in command and control and they don't want to use much of their Mich- uh, their medium Michelin tyres either so Kel- get- Kel- Kevin, Kevin has just gone out Kev as you called him Kev. during the uh, prologue interview I noticed which he very much enjoyed he said that's what most of the team call me to be honest that was funny that was Drew Gibson the um, renowned photographer was was moving them around for their um, promotional shots and I expected any time uh, whilst he was going on to say uh, friends of the bride now and family of the groom it was a bit like that and he kept saying Kev, Kev turn around this way sorry Kevin sorry Kevin so I thought it was quite funny but he took it in good part as ever with Mr Estra right then where's your money going JP I'll take a manufacturer if you don't want to give a car I'm going to I'm going to say who it's not going to be and it's not going to be Toyota Ooh. Ooh. okay um, okay. I mean, the smart money's on Porsche purely because they've topped almost every session, with the, with the exception yeah. of FP3. Um, so, I'll, yeah, manufacturer—that's that's all that you'll get out of me. But a Porsche 963, I reckon, in some form. Uh, I, I'm going to put Cadillac in the mix with Alex. Yeah, Lee, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going with weight I'm, of numbers. You see, there's, there's only one caddy. But don't count out the Ferraris. Because we know they've got the one-lap pace. For heaven's sake, they captured pole position on their very first outing uh, almost a, a year ago at Sebring in a race that they could have, should have possibly won uh, on their debut. Uh, I And those drivers that are in those cars, particularly watch out for the 83 car, if they're here, is very quick all for one lap. Um, I'm, I'm going to put all of those three F courses that as well I think we've got a proper battle here now that's so that's already more than 10 cars so already we've mentioned more than 10 cars if you add the the five uh, Porsches the Cadillac six seven no we have it nine nine cars nine cars we've mentioned that we think are in with a shout for 
for Hyperpool, but they've got to get through this session first. And that's the key thing. Now, it's one of those slightly more forgiving circuits, although, of course, if you go off the track, then your, your time will be deleted. Got so you can't yeah. afford to take too many risks. I mean, you can afford to almost throw away one lap, and it's not like qualifying at the next race meeting we go to which is Imola where there's an awful lot at the very edge of the track to catch you out there so you could afford you know in trying to push to try and get into that top 10 a slight duff lap but it's so important to get the the early banker in I would argue Stoffel van Dorn goes across the line and goes quickest in the very early stages it's uh, Peugeot 9x8 then top of the shop in the number 94 car with a 147.3 but there are other cars, including Kevin Estra, who was the last to join the session, who will take a little bit longer to, well, find the, the correct track position to be in to initially set a lap. He has started, no, not quite started a flyer. Three cars about to do that. Estra is one of them, Sheldon van der Linde, and Paul-Luc Chatin begins his first flying lap in the number 35, the brand-new Alpine A424. Uh, just coming up to 25 past one in the UK. Uh, it's three hours further on here in Qatar. So if you're having a bit of sneaky Friday afternoon listening whilst you're working, we'll try not to shout too loudly if we get very excited over something happening. That's more likely to happen in the two, super, uh, the two Hyperpool uh, sessions. But remember, it is a Saturday race. Tell your friends, Saturday race, and it's a relatively early start if you're in the UK. Or Europe will start our counts down to green at uh, 7.30 uh, in the UK, 8.30 Central European time. Time's coming in then. And this is a very gentle uh, prep situation on the Michelin tyres, a mixture of hards and mediums being used by the team. If you get through to Ipapol, you will have to use the red marked hard tyres. And it is Porsches at the top at the moment. Two out of the top three with Jensen Button, Callum Eilert. That's the two Hertz Team Jota cars. And then Antonio Furlo for Ferrari AF Corsa. But these are not representative times. 1.43 out to two minutes for Paul Loup Chatin, who has done the full ladder series now, hasn't he, Johnny, in ACO <laughs> yes. competition? And you and I remember him in what was called Formula Le Mans in the old days and winning championships then and he's a very happy Frenchman to be in the Rouge Blanc Bleu of the Alpine sound of the engine in the background is the normally aspirated Cadillac biggest capacity isn't it in the field when are we going to see these quick times well Julian Andlauer and Kevin Estra are, in a sense, just playing with us here because Andlauer did an absolute best through the first sector. He then went green through the second sector and the yeah. third sector, he reined everything back and did a 39-second se uh, third sector, about five seconds slower than he could have done, buying himself track position. Matty Campbell, now is he about to do something very special? As Jensen Button improves again, so he's got his time down to a 140.7 to be in that mm. provisional pole 
pole. Colum Callum Islet will jump ahead of him, in fact. So it's the Hertz team, Jota, 1-2. But I'm waiting for Matt Campbell to come out of the final corner and cross the line any moment now. And together with Antonio Fuoco, who will actually split the two Hertz team, Jota, 963s. Antonio Giovinazzi was fourth. He's now fifth because Matty Campbell finally sets his time. And it's a 139.757 in the number five Porsche Penske Motorsport 963. So 0.3 of a second clear of now Nick de Vries in the Toyota. Interesting. <laughs> I said it wasn't going to be Toyota. Well, new boy on the block, Nick de Vries at the Japanese mark, has just gone second. Still only two drivers who've gone below 100 seconds, and that's Matt Campbell in this session. And in last night's free practice, it was Kevin Estra. Big, big, slidey moment for the number six Porsche in the hands of Kevin Estra. He's a lap or so behind in his warm-up phase, phase and pushing very hard, it would seem. He's just uh, come through. In fact, he's now dropped down to last, but he's still warming up those Michelin tyres. This is really interesting to see how the different manufacturers, and in fact, in some cases, different teams within the different manufacturer groups, certainly with the Porsches, uh, are going about this. The two the two Jota cars, uh, Hertz Team Jota cars, seem to go up quite quickly. Uh, by lap four, they're already turning some good times, as is Matt Campbell, but Kevin Estra taking it easy. Callum Eilert goes to the top now with a 39.714. That's another 1 minute 39. And is that the fastest lap of the week? I think it is. 39.7, yeah, not far off it. It was Campbell who was quickest in uh, in FP2 as Campbell goes across the line now to do a 139.1. Well, that's surely the quickest because he's that half a second quickest. quicker than Callum Eilert. But let's just uh, avert the gaze away from the top few positions and down to 10th place because Antonio Giovinazzi's just dropped out of the top 10. In fact, uh, that was Alex Lynn in the number two Cadillac who's just gone into ninth position. And Daniel Kvyat goes across the line for Lamborghini, but doesn't break into that top 10. But the Italian in the very much Italian car, number 51, is at the moment losing out. It's Sheldon van der Linde, who's the driver at risk in the brand new to this championship, BMW M Hybrid V8. So the South African is in. But Giovinazzi in the 51 Ferrari is currently out, as is Julian Anlauer in the Proton Competition Porsche. That is a very quick car, but he now needs to not mess about anymore because no. there's only 90 seconds left on the clock. Watch Estra's split times, Johnny, because he's dead last on my timing screen at the moment. But he's surely going to move up and take a big chunk of time. It's gone he's fifth. Been very circumspect, very circumspect, and now goes across in fifth with a 140.3. Is that enough? Because down in tenth, it's only a 140.8. That's only half a second away. I think he's okay, but look at the congestion from seventh, eighth on down to about twelfth. So the, now the three drivers at risk, Jensen Button, who, remember, set provisional pole only five or so minutes ago in the 38 Porsche from Hertz Team Jota. Brendan Hartley in the number eight Toyota is ninth and could be about to miss out. And the Cadillac of Alex Lynn sits right on the bubble in 10th position. Sheldon van der Linde is 11th. Antonio Giovinazzi 12th. 
Julian Anlauer is 13th as Giovinazzi bags himself a top 10 position and that is at the detriment of Alex Lynn who now tumbles out and Brendan Hartley could be about to do the same we've got 25 seconds to go and now got some information about Debris on the track entering turn 15 let's hope we can stay green despite that Nick de Vries uh, proves Johnny absolutely incorrect by going in the second place in the Toyota Gazoo racing car number 7 with a 139, that's another 139, so three drivers in this session have joined the Sub 100 Club. Check it, flag is out. Jean-Eric Verne sees it first, and he's up to fourth in the 9X8 Peugeot Total Energy Machine. That number 93 car, Nicolo Lapierre, is out. He's only good enough for 12th. Sheldon van der Linde in the 20 BMW, out. Paul Lubchatan is out, so both Alpines will fail to progress into Eperpol. Alex Lynn improving on this lap. Julian Anlauer improving on this lap. They've still got two sectors to complete. Matt Campbell could improve if he wishes to, but he's now reined back the pace as Jensen Button pits. Is that a risk? Ooh. Because he's ninth. He gets the chequered flag in pit road, but ninth position with at least two cars behind him going very swiftly indeed. And away from being out of it yep. but into the pit lane comes Brendan Hartley as well from 10th position so it's going to be down to Ife um to see if he can improve, he's still out there in the Ferrari 499p he could bump out Brendan Hartley here, who else is still out there Raffaele Marciello uh, and Rafa is putting it together a decent lap where's that taking him to, not far enough up Alex Lynn will get into the top 10 and that pushes Brendan Hartley out of the top 10. So Hartley now 11th and Alex Lynn in the blue-fronted Cadillac will go into 7th position. Julian Andlauer has just crossed the line, but that's not quite good enough. 13th position for Andlauer in the number 99 Proton 963. So both Peugeots into Eperpol. Uh, both Penske Porsche, uh, Porsche Penske Motorsport cars. Uh, one Toyota Gazoo racing car, good enough for second. Uh, Tonio Fuoco in the AF Corsa car in there, as well as the Cadillac. Uh, and not getting through the 8 Toyota, the 83 pseudo-customer AF Corsa, Ife uh, Ferrari, Julian Andlau for Proton. Haven't been a good uh, qualifying session for Broughton, has it? Uh, neither of the Alpines got in. Neither of the WRT BMWs got in. And probably less surprisingly, Danny Kvyat and Jean-Carl Vanier, in respectively the Lamborghini and Isotta Flaschini, also not getting in. Wow. So it looks like we'll probably be having a word with Matt Campbell down in the pit lane once he gets out of the car but remember that again that's only half the job done uh, but positions 11 on down are set now Johnny so uh, Brennan Hartley uh, knows that he's starting on the inside of row six exactly yeah and that's quite a story for Toyota they'll be very grateful that Nick de Vries was pushing like crazy to do a 139.5 and at least guarantee them a bit more qualifying bolted onto the end of this but yes Hartley will lose so, out in the number eight Toyota Yifa Ye as you've mentioned in the AF course of the customer Ferrari 499p and the Proton Competition Porsche 963 of Julian and Lauer John uh, uh, 
a second between the two Toyotas and that's the difference between being in Ipapol and not but look at the gaps when we got down to the bottom part of the top 10 Antonio Giovinazzi in ninth a 140.522 now remember I seldom go past one decimal place Jensen Button 140.569 and Brendan Hartley misses out by point zero one seven of a second with a 140.586 and only another half a tenth further back if a year in the 83 AF course of Ferrari how close is that? Let's hear from Nicola Lapierre. Nico, that was a really good effort, but just outside of the hyperpole. How was it? Yeah, it was very close. I mean, we are still learning, and I was very happy with the balance of the car and the progress we made through the weekend so far. So I'm really looking forward to the race tomorrow, you know, and I think we can be happy. You know, there are only big teams and big names out there, so it's really hard to come and just to uh, outperform them. So we have to be happy with the P12, even though I would have preferred to go to this exciting hyperpole, but now we're going to watch from, from TV. OK, good luck for tomorrow. Thanks. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you. Bruce Joani speaking to Nico Lapierre in the number 36 Alpine, one of two brand-new cars then for Alpine Endurance Team with their A424s. The other car not making it either. Um, and one of the two Toyotas not in there either, which is a huge story. Car number eight, Brendan Hartley, so often a pole sitter last year and doing the business very swiftly indeed on, on, on the odd occasion too to try and not damage the race tyres too much. Well, did he not commit quite enough, I suppose, but... Um, very interesting to, to me that the seven car was significantly faster than the number eight. So Brendan getting out and just indicating perhaps that he wasn't able to hear the team doing the, mm. the, the chatter box uh, indication with the mouse saying he needed to talk to me to say up the pace a little bit to make sure he made hyperpole. But let's go back to LMGT3. I am concerned about a race control message that appeared on my screen about four minutes ago, John, regarding the number 85 Iron Dames Lamborghini. That car under investigation for speeding in the pit lane oh. at the very start of qualifying. Eight seconds past the hour of four o'clock. And normally that is a black and white... Well, it will be a black and white issue because, you know, if you've been pinged for going too fast over the 60 kilometres per hour, then... Even though this session may be permitted to take part in this session, there could be some bad news for the Iron Dames at the end of it. What do they give them, though, as a penalty? Because, you know, do they just hold, what they could do is hold them for a certain mm. amount of time in this session. So that decision needs to come quite quickly. Yeah. Or have them do a drive-through in this session. At, and, and, and that would take some time out of their hyperpole. Um, that that would be the thing. I don't think they will lose their time from the original session, and you know we're not going to get anyone else replacing them at this stage. So, uh, quickly skimming through um, what I know of the sporting regulations, that would be a penalty that would have to be served in this session or served at the start of the race. And I would suspect that race control would like to get it out of the way at the start of this session or at least during this 10 minute session clock has been reset to 10 minutes um, now there's no uh, I'm, I'm waiting to see um, well, there's a, everybody's getting to the end of pit lane 
I was expecting the one or two people to just lay back, but we've got seven cars already at the front of the pit lane. No, make that eight, actually. And second in line is the Iron Dames, mm. um, with presumably Sarah still behind the wheel there. Yes. Yeah, it still yeah. has to be the bronze driver, bronze which she driver. is. And I think it makes... I mean, I like this. I've always liked this since it was brought in a few Brendan years ago. Oh, here's Brendan. In, uh, just missing out in the hyperpole. Uh, it looks like we're going to have to go. I don't know what's happening with the team, but obviously the uh, officials are talking to the oh, team. Oh, somebody's been thrown out. taken Brendan away. So uh, we'll find out what's going on and come back to you. I... I think somebody's been thrown out of the hypercars there, JP. And they're getting Brendan back into his race gear. Yeah. Well, they, they'll need to be prepping the car because uh, they've only got just more than 10 minutes of this LMGT3 session to get it readied. So has somebody been done for track limits post-session? I think it can only be track limits unless they found somebody else speeding in the pit lane. But the Iron Dames car is able to join this session. So it can't, it's be, got it can't be speeding. It's got to be a track limit, hasn't yeah. it, in that. And I'm scrolling through to see if I've got anything, and I can't see it. Um, I didn't Debris spot anything the at the time. Debris was on the track. You mentioned that at turn 15 on the left-hand side of the race line. Does that mean there was a yellow flag out there and people then couldn't improve their time? I'm speculating massively here. The green it's flag has gone out. It's normally a red and yellow flag for Debris. You True. are still... Well, depending on how big the debris is, but normally you're still allowed to overtake in that affected area. We did have area. a cat on the track that stopped a session earlier in the week. In, uh, and you're not joking here, right? No, 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 I'm not. It was yeah. a turn 10. Cat on the track at turn <laughs> 10. You can't get the quality of groundsman here. That's the problem. That's All right, here's I've your drivers. Heard. Yes. Here's your drivers again, just in case you'd forgotten. Ian James for Hartner Racing was the top qualifier. Akhenel Harty for Team WRT in the 46. Then Thomas Fleur and Francois Ariot for the two Vista AF Corsa Ferraris, 54 and 55. James Cottingham in the United Autosports McLaren GT3 Evo. Then Tom Rompuy for the Singleton TF Corvette that's out there. Iron James represented by uh, Sarah Bovey in the Lamborghini number 85. Manti Purex Racing for uh, Alexander Malikin uh, in their Porsche. The second of the United cars out there. So only United is it only United and uh, Vista getting both of their cars in. Yes it was. Um, Josh Kirkill for the second United car and Clement Matteu uh, for D Station uh, in that car. Oh, so both the Astons as well, of course, which runs sort of uh, by the same team. Different names, but uh, Pro Drive assistance for both of them. Um, I'm I'm still waiting for something on the the team's channel to say why there was that scramble when Louise was about to talk to Brendan Hartley about missing out by 0 0.017 of a second but I, I think he's been asked to get back in the car there um, so somebody in the original top 10 um, has I reckon has been bumped unless I didn't see anything about this but was the 8 car pinged for track limits and Toyota are arguing that actually that lap was legitimate and oh that's, no, that is a very good point that works in reverse then doesn't it and they say well we should be in the session because you took a, a time that would have got us there away from us 
that's, that's another thing that could be happening. It, it seemed like, as Luis was about to start that interview with the Kiwi, then he just, he just got a word in the ear to say, you can't do this interview because something's rumbling behind the scenes. And it will definitely involve the, the eight car being involved in Hyperpole, potentially, whichever way you cut it. I, I, and if, that, if, if it's the latter of those situations, that means Jensen Button's going to lose out, doesn't it? Was Jensen Button in 10th or was he here in 9th? It was him and... Um, and I haven't got that now. I'm just looking through the race control channel and for some reason none of the track limits have come up on my race control channel. None at all. Or at least they're not there now. So I'm going to have to ask for some kind of clarification on that or our pit lane reporters will have to ask for some kind of clarification. That is as may be. We have got 10 cars out on the circuit bringing their Goodyear tyres up pressure to set the first LM GT3 pole position of a new GT3 era, Johnny Palmer. Yes, yes so Ahmed Alhati in the Team WRT car will cross the line and uh, this is that was the first of his flying laps. Took a while to warm up to temperature in qualifying but this time of course, these tyres are entirely for this session so you can really you know take it to the wall straight on uh, from from the off if you like and waste no time whatsoever and Ahmed Alhati compared to everybody else is certainly doing that because he's 3.4 seconds clear in the number 46 Team WRT BMW M4 this uh, is a new car to the Omani driver Coming from, well, initially a Porsche background with its years in the Carrera Cup and then on into Aston Martins. But it's a BMW M4, his mount for 2024. And he's already done a 159.0. Whereas Sarah Bovey in the Iron Dames Lamborghini Huracan, still with that threat of a penalty later on in the weekend because of potentially speeding in the pit lane. That's still being investigated. But Sarah was second. She's now third because Alexander... Uh, Malikin in the Manti Pure Xing Porsche, number 92, goes through in second position, but only slices the gap down to 1.4 seconds, so still very much in Alhati's favour. Four minutes to go of the 10, and just adding to the drama here, the, the times, uh, the original times from uh, qualifying in the top 10 from Hyperpole have disappeared from one of our screens here so there is definitely something afoot which is not necessarily just 12 inches uh, Team WRT then holding sway at the moment but only for a moment 155.7 Sarah Bovey for Iron Dames in the number 85 but Ian James comes straight back are we going to see a season where Ian James and Sarah Bovey are battling it out uh, instead of Ben Keating it was of course Tom Ran Rompoy goes through now, this is more like it's getting down into the 54s for the Z06 LMGT3R for TF Sports. Now into the sequence of corners that lead into turn 10 goes that Corvette. That's the first of the Ferraris, the 54 car, crosses the line. Thomas Fleur 
Francois Herriot's actually done slightly more laps, but he, he hasn't yet had a lap that's registered. So I wonder whether he's having uh, times deleted. As Tom van Rompuy now goes to the provisional pole in the TF Sport Corvette. So he was finding good time uh, all around the track. He's just gone purple again, in fact, through sector one. But it's a 154.8 that will take van Rompuy in the British run Corvette now mm. up to the, uh, the fastest time, car 81. And now he's three-tenths of a second away from not Ian James, but Thomas Floor and the Vista AF Corsa Silver number 54 Ferrari. Then it's the two Aston Martins uh, locked together by around about half a tenth. James Cottingham is the best of the McLarens at the moment for United Autosport. The number 59 car in fifth position. Sarah Bovey makes up the top six. That would be the front three rows of LMGT3 if it was to end now but it's not there's two minutes to go that'll be this lap for Tom Van Rompuy and possibly two more if he's still got it in his mission in his uh, Goodyear tyres excuse me as he goes across the line and he improves again does he just wait for the time to come through 154.8 he had oh now has he lost that time because we haven't got the final Sector for him. There he goes through now. And it is a 54-372. If that time stands, that's now giving him eight-tenths of a gap to Thomas Florence second for the Ferrari. Ian James, almost a full second back. I can't believe those gaps will remain that big. No, and uh, different approaches, I think, to this session. You either go... Uh, out very quickly indeed and post your fast time when the tyre performance is there or you just slowly heat the tyres over progressive laps and then push hard on lap three or four. Francois Herio is finally on the board although he's still in 10th in the number 55 car but he's set a 156.9 for Vista AF Corsa but it's TF Sport with the Corvette, brand new to them in car number 81. Manti now back up to second place. Alexander Malikin across the line doing a low 1 minute 55 to get ahead of Thomas Floor by three thousandths of a second. So wouldn't it be good to have that as the difference between first and second? It's the gap from second to third, though, separating Malikin for Manti Porsche and Thomas Floor for AF Corsa Ferrari. OK, I, I've gone again, gone back through the deleted laps and I can't find a, a deleted lap for Hypercar that would affect that top 10 at the moment so we're still in acquisition of information mode 6 seconds to go nobody pitting here Johnny nobody's taking it for granted the chequered flag is now out and Sarah Bovey will be no better than 6th for the Lamborghini so the outside of row three, Ian James will be on the inside of that row for the number 27 Hartner Racing Team. One row further back, James Cottingham in the 59 United Autosports McLaren. Through goes Tom Van Rumpoy, does not improve this time around, so that 154.3 is still a quality time. What about Alexander Malikin? Up into second last time around for Manti in the Porsche. Is he improving again? But it's still eight-tenths of a second between first and second. That's the crucial line. It's that, you know, you might be able to bag second position by the end of this session, but how on earth are any of these cars, if you're not the Corvette, going to find eight-tenths of a second? It's a huge margin. And I just wonder whether Tom Van Rompuy has timed this to perfection, not only 
the track conditions and his ability, but crucially the tyre performance needed to strike whilst the iron was hot, and it appears he's done exactly that. Ahmed Al-Hati, who set the early pace in this short, sharp hyperpole session, is now circulating in ninth spot as Clement Matur, in the best of the two Aston Martin Vantages, will pit for D-Station Racing. Ahmed Al-Hati, the only car still out on track then, and he's gone green through the first sector, but just off it in the second sector so TF Sport think they've got the job done, the round of applause in the background there coming from Tom Ferrier's outfit and it might be a brand new car to them, the Corvette, it's a mid-engined GT3 car as opposed to the front engine that they're so much more used to but they have uh, had championships in the past in ACO rules racing in fact that was how they got into uh, the Le Mans for the first time was winning the Michelin Le Mans Cup uh, a number of years ago and TF Sport looked to have started the first the, the, their first season with a Corvette perfectly John as Ahmed Alhati comes across the line I don't think he's going to improve it wasn't a bad time he was pretty close to his best actually he had a 56 flat he did his 56 2 so he will stay on the inside of row number 5 and making history how about this for a front couple of rows? Corvette, Porsche, Ferrari, Aston Martin. Aston Martin, Lamborghini, McLaren, McLaren, BMW, Ferrari. That's your top five rows from the first hyperpole of the season and the first time we've had hyperpole in normal competition and the first time we've had LMGT3 and Goodyear tyres in the FIA World Endurance Championship. I wasn't sure what I was going to make of this, but I think I think I like this, Johnny, to be honest. I like the drama of getting into Hyperpool. And then with just 10 cars on the, on the circuit, there should be no traffic issues. It gives everybody a chance to go out and do their very best. And I think it, it adds a bit of spice as well to qualifying that can sometimes go on for 15 or 20 minutes and you get then a, a, almost a predictable lineup on the grid, which can sometimes just extend during the first stint. Tom Van Rompuy, a terrific performance. It remains to be seen who will start the race, but uh, mm. I think the majority of the teams will probably go with their bronze uh, element to begin. But remember, both the bronze and the silver drivers in GT3 have to each do a minimum of this awkward number, two hours and 55 yes. minutes. Now, bearing in mind these GT3 cars will probably do... 60 65 minutes on a stint um that's uh, an awkward number and deliberately so but it's tf yeah. sport who get pole position for the first of the uh, many rounds that we can look forward to in the world endurance championship for 2024 they get it by eight tenths of a second over alexander malikin of manti pure xing so congratulations to tom van rompuy and to all associated with tf sport in the number 81 corvette porsche second ferrari third fastest in the thomas floor uh, vista a of corsa 296 the treble seven d station racing aston martin was fourth fastest for clement mateur and uh, a delighted tom ferrier just in the background there Tom van Rompuy doing the business. I know that we'll be hearing from him very shortly indeed. But now the shuffle on the pit lane uh, apron as the sun begins to descend towards the horizon. But we should get this session in. We will get this session in before official sunset yes. time. Ten more minutes to come for Hyperpole for the Hypercars. While we wait for uh, our pit reporters to get down to our first pole sitter, hello to the sim racing bar, Stuart. 
uh, tuned in from the UK. Can't wait for tomorrow's race. Hello to uh, the, to David Faulkner, uh, to Kyle, to Nick H. All tuned in at uh, RSL underscore studio if you want to get in touch with us throughout uh, our broadcasts of the WEC this season, including the full, well, I was going to say 10 hours. We'll be on the air for a wee bit more than that, getting on for 11 hours uh, with our countdown to green and then post-race tech shows bracketing the 10 hours. Can't go any more than 10 hours, so we know the, the race. We were doing a little bit of mental arithmetic assisted by calculators on our phone earlier on. We think it will be the 10 hours unless something absolutely extraordinary happens. Qualifying and especially in hyperpole. Thank you very, Thank you very much. much. It's, it's a great teamwork we did. Uh, we improved the car the whole week. Also improved my driving thanks to these two amazing guys. So uh, it's a great team effort. I'm very happy for my first week race to be on the, on the pole. So I couldn't have dreamed of this. Well done. Now, along with our new qualifying format this year, our partners Rolex have also decided to celebrate the pole by awarding medals. You didn't know that, did you, Charlie? He's very impressed. Um, so uh, we will have some medals to give to the pole sitters in each category. Of course, it's first it's for the Corvette team. Uh, and I'm going to step out of the way and let our president of the ACO, Pierre Fion, award the medals. Of course, it's the first year that TF Sport are running the Corvette, so it's great for them for the number 81 to get pole here in the first round. Thank you very much. And now it's time for Hyper Pole in Hypercar. So Pierre Fion doing the honours there with the brand new medals for this season to. Uh, to add an extra memento mm. for those three drivers, particularly Tom Van Rompuy. I mean, it almost felt like Charlie Eastwood was standing there a bit like a spare part, but he did have his moment because, I mean, in fairness, Tom Van Rompuy said without these guys, Rui Andrade as well stood to his left. Mm. Uh, he may not have been capable of setting that pole position yeah. and they will have coached him all the way through this weekend. Brand new to the track, brand new to the car, brand new to the championship. Um. Pierre Fion, who is racing this weekend yes. in the in the classic, he's in a Chevron B sharing a Chevron B16. There's some really uh, very well-known drivers in there. Kyle Tilley's brought uh, some of the era classic cars out that they are so well known for. Some big names there. I think Arnold Robbins' dad's in that as well. To be honest, um, I've seen a, a few. Uh, Rolf Kellner's is in a De Tomozo Pantera GTS, which uh, looks and sounds absolutely fantastic. We are just under three minutes away from the first Hyperpole Hypercar session. Now, I will ask where your money is now. Um, so you've got a Toyota. The green flag's just happened. Oh, so that's a bit earlier than um, we were expecting. Um, so... We have got a Toyota in there. You said it wasn't going to be a Toyota on pole position. Are you sticking with that, Johnny? I'm going to have to, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it was worrying me, frankly, in the earlier session, but I thought, well, this doesn't actually count for proper pole. But, yeah, with um, Nick de Vries, much more than I would... or uh, much more like it, as I would expect for Toyota. I don't quite know what mm. happened to the Brendan Hartley car, but uh, clearly Nick de Vries isn't, isn't too far away from the pace of some of these Porsches, um, and particularly Matt Campbell and Kevin Estra. Estra made that so, mistake, remember, in the earlier mm. session, and I think might have scrubbed his tyres a bit too much, but he'd be looking to try and keep it neat and tidy in Hyperpole. 
So we have the 10 that we were expecting. So whatever was happening down at Toyota, it hasn't gone in their favour as far as I can see. So they've got it. That was uh, Nick de Vries's engineer in the number seven Toyota Gazoo Racing GRO10. And we, despite only having 10 cars, we have got a traffic jam of cars. Two Peugeots, both the Peugeots. So who had this on that bingo card? Two Peugeots, but no BMWs. Um, two AF Corsa Ferraris, the two more factory ones. Both of the Hertz Team Jota uh, Porsche 963s both of the Porsche Penske Motorsport 963 a singleton Toyota Gazoo Racing GRO10 and Alex Lynn in the Cadillac well I think Estra didn't do himself any favours as Johnny said I think he'd be annoyed about that and an annoyed Kevin Estra is fast uh, Matt Campbell's on a uh, on a wave of uh, great form at the moment having won Daytona overall and having won the Bathurst 12 hours a couple of weekends ago uh, as well, overall, albeit in a GT car. Alex Lynn, mm, well, we know what Alex can do. He's a motivated driver here as well. And I think Nick DeVries is not out of this. I, I, I know that Toyota um, have suffered possibly the most in terms of the rebalancing of the cars but I just wonder if, they can, if Nick De Vries can ring some one lap pace out of it which he certainly did in that qualifying session so there we've got half the field we're talking about again there JP yeah potential for Paul well I've gone with a Porsche of which there are <laughs> was it three four in this session four <laughs> nicely done well, so you picked say? half the field there as well yeah 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 well you told me to give you a manufacturer so I'll just, yeah, go, yeah. just go with the highest uh, number but I didn't necessarily know four were going to get in uh, True. before we started Hyperpole but that one Toyota and the Cadillac will certainly mm. keep us guessing um, for those a bit bothered that we were ahead of time on the schedule, actually, the weird thing about having a 12-minute session and then an 8-minute gap and then a 10-minute session, we were due to start this at two minutes to the hour. It didn't uh, quite okay. fit with me either, but um, but yes, it's uh, we will become used to this format, hopefully, uh, as we go through the year. Just some notes while these cars get up to speed. WRT Racing telling us that Ahmed El Harty had a power issue and had to come in at the pits twice during the first part of qualifying he had only one flyer to make the top 10 which we know he did so that was pressure um, there and these are the sort of stories that are coming out now after those sessions have taken place so back to the Michelin tyres for which is the sole tyre supplier for the hypercars and these are remember the hard tyres here these are the extra set of tyres that they've been given um, I think Porsche went out on the mediums before so perhaps they are at a slight disadvantage if they haven't run um, in these conditions with these tyres now wherever the track temperature is oh no it's 28 so it has come down 28.5 Celsius to an air temperature of 19.9 this afternoon and the wind gusting up to 11 kilometres an hour so gusty but nowhere near as bad as free practice one uh, earlier in the week 
And it's got to be a 39, a low 39, maybe a high 38 for Hyperpool, do you think, Johnny? I was wondering whether we might creep into the 38s, yeah, depending on uh, who we've got battling out front. Uh, if it settles into a front row for Penske Motorsport, for example, then uh, the question is how hard will they push then beyond the... Well, I was going to say five-minute marker, but we've already passed that, so forget that idea. Uh, you really have uh, suggested to Nick De Vries at the start of the session two push laps, as it was expressed to him. Alex Lynn has improved through the first sector, but then I notice he's backing off completely in the middle sector, feeling perhaps at the car... Uh, no, he'd gone through the second sector. This was in the third sector, feeling like the car in front's just a bit too close. Mm. So, And, well, have he got that much wriggle room? to be easing back just to force that bit more space in front. It's a Peugeot fastest at the moment. That's Jean-Éric Verne in the number 93, 9x8. But make that now Matty Campbell in the number yeah. 5, Porsche 963. And Kevin Estra will go even quicker than that. So Estra's time are 144.1, 144.3 for Matt Campbell, but they can still go a lot faster. And Matt Campbell has about half a lap of real estate ahead of him. So he is at the effective head of the queue, whilst at the back, also with a bit of room, is the 93 Peugeot. So they're the guys who aren't being affected by anybody else's aero at the moment. So two Porsche Penske 963s at the top of the standings at the moment, but 44s is not going to get you pole position. No. It is absolutely not going to get you pole position. So they're still, they're still, this is, the, this is the equivalent of just pottering home after work on a Friday at the moment. They're, they're not even into fast mode now. They're still bringing temps up here, Johnny. Yeah, and that's going to take a bit longer, I suppose, in the uh, mandated um, harder compound tyre. It might be that we, we can't get as quick as we did in qualifying standard because different tyres are now being used, certainly mm -hmm. for some of the Porsches. But, uh, well... Matty Campbell and Kevin Estra will go against that. Certainly Campbell through the double right-hander oh, well turns out. four and five. Slowing for turn six now and uh, pushing but on. He's three seconds up in there the middle sector. Yeah. Yeah. So this is more like it. Getting down to somewhere near 100 seconds or below 100 seconds. That's what it's going to take, even on the hard tyre. All four headlamps blazing away. And there is a 40 flat for Matt Campbell. Estra comes across the line and does... A 40 flat, but is quicker by one half of one tenth of a second. Nick De Vries goes through on a 39.6 in the Toyota Gazoo Racing number seven. De Vries, who is absolutely on it and is ringing the one lap pace out of the revised GRO 10. However, Callum Eilert will go even faster, but only just <laughs> by two thousandths of a second. The British driver for Hertz Team Jota, car number 12, sets a 139.6. I was suggesting we might not be able to get down to the 138s because of the tyre that everyone is having to do this hyperpole on. And that's looking the case at the moment with just, just over 90 seconds still to go. But Nick De Vries finding more time, as is Matt Campbell, who's just gone quicker than anybody else. It's a 36.3 through the first sector. Can he string that all the way through the remaining part of this lap? But it is Porsche faster than Toyota by two thousandths of a second. And the top six within half a second at the moment. Matty Campbell 
It is half a second up on his time. That will be good enough for provisional uh, uh, pole position. Oh, now, uh, cars under investigation for procedures between qualifying and hyperpole. We said there were some very specific things that you could and could not do. And that could be important as we go through. Hertz team, uh, Jota, um, is one of those cars. And the 55 is a GT3. That's the AF uh, Corsa, the Vista AF Corsa Ferrari. Actually, it's both the Hertz team Jota cars. Uh, it's both yes, the it Hertz is. Team. The 1938s in the list as well. So 12, 38, wow. and 55 are under investigation. Two of which are from Hypercar, Hypercar as Nick DeFries goes faster again. And wow. he said a 139.5. So Toyota faster than Matt Campbell's Porsche from Penske. And the Hertz team Jota Kalamilek car, although the 12 is currently under investigation for refueling procedures. That's no. now fleshed out. And there are more cars added to the list. So the 50 and the 51, that's both a Ferrari, 499Ps that are all of a sudden in the list. And the 83 car, the customer car from AF Corsa, as the checkered flag is waved. Nobody's seen it quite yet, including the 93 Peugeot that crosses uh, doesn't quite cross the line to see the checkered flag. It was just ahead, in fact. John eric Verne gets an extra lap out of the session. And her, uh, her team, Jordan, were one of the teams that asked for clarification on refuelling earlier on this week. Matt Campbell has a pole position lap going at the moment. He did take provisional pole for a few seconds. If he can hold this together, he will bounce back to the top for the time being. And it will be somewhere close. Certainly going to be a low 39 for Campbell. Coming into the final corner now, all the way out to the left-hand side. The setting sun right in his eye line. At just after five o'clock here. Now the run to the line in the Porsche Penske Motorsport 963. And he stops the clock on a 39.3. That's good enough at the moment. And Dick DeFries goes through with no improvement. So his 39.5 is backed up by a 39.6. Callum Eilert maybe with a chance here. He's got a 39.6 to his name at the moment. No, he's no quicker. So at the moment, Matt Campbell has timed this one to perfection, Johnny. Certainly, yeah. Kevin Estra was the threat as he began his final lap because he was up through sector one, but then couldn't keep that performance through sectors two and three. And other cars crossing the line. Alex Lynn, late improvement there in the Cadillac, but only good enough for seventh position. Antonio Fuoco bails out of his lap, in fact, and straight into the pit lane in the number 50 Ferrari 499P. So we're just waiting on Jean-Éric Verne in the Peugeot 9X8. As I said, he was the last car across the line and feels, again, that that lap's not going to be up to a great deal. So into the pit lane, a 140.067, the best for the Frenchman. But celebrations can begin then down in the camp for car number five and in the Johnny Palmer camp as well because that ran really, really close. But my prediction was just, just <laughs> accurate. I mean, I was edging, as I say, on the, uh, the lion's share of uh, manufacturers in the session. And one of those four Porsche 963s gets the first pole position of the year. And while we wait for the ceremony and the handing over, um, I'm, I'm going to tell you that Hertz Team Jota did ask the question, if refueling is permitted between qualifying hyperpole, if it is allowed, can the car be refueled during the other categories qualifying or hyperpole session? And the answer 
was very specific that it would be clarified with a decision, and that that has been um, that has been relayed to the teams. So that I, I thought I had seen that earlier in the week, and so hmm, this is interesting. As it stands, though, Johnny, here's how they've qualified. Yeah, five Porsche of Matt Campbell isn't on either of the two lists that have been no. issued about cars that are being in- investigated. So the five car looking good at this stage to keep and uh, retain pole position into tomorrow. 139.3 for the Australian, who is really in a rich vein of form at the start fastest of 2024. Week, and it's the fastest lap of the week as well. Nick de Vries in the number seven car again seems to be escaping any investigation at this stage so there's only one Toyota into the hyperpole session and he manages to get onto the front row in the GR010 with a 139.5 then Callum Eilert who worryingly for Hertz Team Jota their number 12 car is in that list and in fact twice there are two lists floating around oh, really? um, well yeah and interestingly the second list doesn't include car 55 whereas the first one does anyway we'll get to the bottom of that uh, the <laughs> Uh, gold Hertz Team Jota Porsche running, uh, finishing third fastest ahead of Antonio Fawoko. That's the round of applause from Reg- Roger Penske in the background as Matt, Cam- Matt Campbell climbs out of his number five Porsche. Antonio Fuoco fourth fastest in the number 50 Ferrari 499P. Fifth quickest for Kevin Estra in the second of the Penske uh, 963s. Then it is a Peugeot for Jean-Éric Verne, sixth place for car number 93. The Cadillac, seventh fastest for Alex Lindcar, two. The second of the Ferrari AF Corsa 499Ps was eighth fastest for Antonio Giovinazzi. And Jensen Button and Stoffel van Dorn complete the Hyperpole top ten for Hertz Team Jota with their Porsche number 38 and the 94 Peugeot, the second of the 9X8s for Stoffel van Dorn, finishing tenth fastest. Last week wait for this a quick word about Roger Penske John De Geese and the Sports Car 365 team talked to him earlier on and Roger telling him that Indianapolis Motor Speedway will not be hosting a round of the FIA World Endurance Championship until 2026 at the later latest at the earliest earliest. excuse me uh, with the captain saying a scheduling situation is the current hold up Uh, he's said on a number of occasions he would like to have one there um but it is not going to happen for next year at least. Let's head down to the pit lane. Sports car 365 if you want more details uh, on that. Here's Louise with Matt Campbell. Penske, you put a great run in and qualifying uh, fastest and then a superb lap there at the end in Hyperpole. Yeah, thank you. I mean, uh, fantastic to get our first uh, ever overall pole position in WEC for our 963. Um, we've really had a strong performance all weekend and, uh, you know, made some really good uh, tuning towards qualifying and it's really paid off. So um, a big thanks to our engineering crew. You know, I, I struggled a little bit yesterday uh, doing our quality simulation and also this, this morning and we really turned it around. So, uh, yeah, starting from pole position, really important here at Qatar for the track position and, uh, yeah, looking forward to tomorrow. Yeah, so are we. Uh, I'm going to step out the way so you can receive your Rolex medals from Pierre Fion, who's here just to present them to you. What a lap it was for Matt Campbell. Fred Macko also getting a medal. And Michael Christensen. They are the pole crew to start uh, the race tomorrow here at Qatar. 
And so join us tomorrow. We start 10.30. We're on air local time for the race here in Qatar. 11 o'clock the race will start and it's round one of what is set to be a fantastic season. Certainly is the case, Louise. Thank you for the celebrations there. Got all the times absolutely perfect. Did Lou Beckett, uh, joined by Bruce Joani in the pit lane for this meeting. And then Bruce will continue on for the majority of the rest of the season. I'll go back to uh, what I was talking about with two separate lists, because initially we were told about the two Jota cars, the Hertz Team Jota machines for their Porsche 963s and the 55 AF Corsa Ferrari 296 from LMGT3. There was then a second list. The first list said under investigation for procedure between qualifying and hyperpole, and that will be investigated after the session. And then there was another message to say for refueling procedures where the 12 and 38 feature, but the 55 does not. And added mm. to that list is the two Ferraris, in fact, the three Ferraris from AF Corsa, the 499Ps, the two factory cars and the customer car, if you like, number 83. So I'm puzzled by, uh, by those two messages, but we will find out, I suppose, in the next hour or so. Mm. Um Let's have a just before we wrap up, uh, JP. Um, what's your thoughts on this new system with qualifying and hyperpole? We're going to see it at every one of the eight rounds, not just Le Mans this year. Um, I quite like the Jeopardy, if I'm honest. Yeah, because as I was suggesting earlier on, it 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 almost gives us the chance of a spiced up grid. So we talk about how important qualifying is. Well. You, you would rather be on the top five rows than back on sixth, seventh, eighth row. So, Correct. you know, it, it, certainly there's a level of importance all of a sudden of getting from one qualifying session into the next, a bit like Formula One qualifying. And then you only get 10 minutes to, to perform. Um, and the tyres aren't necessarily designed to be qualifying specific. It's just another set of hard tyres. In this case, it'll be the softer of the two compounds probably for the rest of the season. But there is always the scope to make the odd error here and there, and we'll get an unusual mm. lineup. And I think that can add to an endurance race, even though it's 10 hours. You know, the, the, the drama tends to kick off in the middle of the grid. And if you're Matt Campbell and Nick DeFries, you'll be delighted that we're starting tomorrow's 10-hour race from the front row. Yeah, I think, as I say, I think it works. That's a bit of history, isn't it, as well? Uh, and some welcome performance from Porsche Penske Motorsport after a difficult, certainly, first half of the season last year. But, my goodness, haven't they come back very well indeed? I don't think that Earth's team, Jota, uh, will be too disappointed with their pace. Uh, they might be a bit disappointed if there's some uh, post-qualifying penalties. And both Peugeot's in the top ten. I think they'd have taken that at the start of this week. Although this is a smooth track so it's, and a fast track, so it should have, have, have suited them. I think we've got a decent race. Disappointment for me for um, the Cadillac down in seventh, albeit three quarters of a second away. That's not that much around yeah. three and a half miles, nearly 3.3 miles. But the two BMW WRTs, um, their hypercars, I think they will be disappointed with that. I know that they are just getting up to speed, but that's a car that's got a year's racing under 
it's Michelin tyres. And, and I, I don't think Von Sonvoss will be very happy with that. But I'm going for dinner with him tonight, so I'll be able <laughs> to find out what he thinks of it. Are they, are they celebrating the fact that they've got to the track and everything's happy? Are they drowning their sorrows uh, to, for, <laughs> before tomorrow's race? Either way, it sounds like a decent party, and it will be if Von Son's involved. Quite right, too. We begin tomorrow, then, at 10.30 local time. That's 7.30 GMT. Remember, Arabia Standard Time is plus three hours on GMT. 10.30 start for an 11 o'clock uh, beginning to the race, and then we're racing for either 1,812 kilometres or 10 hours, whichever comes first. And it's all live right here on RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. An additional voice tomorrow as well with uh, welcoming back to the World Endurance Championship coverage here on the network, Bruce Jones. In the meantime, my thanks to John Hindoff and to Louise Beckett and Bruce Giovanni in the pit lane from Johnny Palmer. Get some rest. You'll need it. Ten hours of racing for the opening round of the FIA World Endurance Championship begins tomorrow at 10.30. Bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.